Are you looking for a podcast where you can hear from real people regarding their real dental drama? If so, then you've come to the right place. Join hosts Bethany Petty and Dr. Rena Kuba as we dive into the solutions we've created and the mistakes we've made while managing dental drama. Let's get started. Hello, hello. How are you? Me? I'm yeah, good. Good. <laughs> I was expecting the listeners to respond. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure they're all saying right now, I'm good. I'm having a great day. Um, so, question I have for you, this came up this weekend, and I just, I was just a little taken aback, to be honest, and then I thought, well, you know, maybe this is just how I think about things, um, but certainly there could be a million different perspectives and, and things on that. So I, I just wanted to ask you your thoughts on this comment that was made, and then we go from there and see where this podcast takes okay. us. Okay, um, I like it. So um, a colleague of mine was basically asking, like, why would you, like, for example, if it was me, why would I give my associate, because um, we were talking about, like, you know, cases. And yeah. so, you know, the, the, the old... Um, I remember that's the whole reason I started my own office, which I never wanted to be a practice owner, but I had had such a great associateship and then life took over. I got married and we didn't want to live in that small town and we were ready to start a family and all of that. So I was like, well, I don't want to hop in with another and be another associate somewhere where I might get like the worst patients and not get to do treatment or be bullied into the kind of treatment I need to do. And I'm so uh, conflict averse, I probably would just go with it. Um, and I didn't want to find myself in that position. And so I was like, well, I guess I better just start my own practice then. And so in my mind, it's always been, you know, something that you've just heard as from, from as a dental student, maybe even before how hard it is to find a good associateship mm -hmm. because the, fear, the thought is that senior doctor is going to hire you and only give you the crumbs mm -hmm. while they take all the veneer cases or the implant cases, whatever. And I know there's pros and cons to all that. And anywho, so I guess for me, that's where now my associate is, is vocalizing that he really wants to pick up some of these IV cases. And in my mind, you know, I think you even were like, um, but you know, like you're giving him all the rest of the production in the office on days that we both are there, like I let him have first dibs on whatever he wants to see. So I should protect my IV days. And my comment to you was, I mean, I get it from a business sense, but what I worry about then is one, if I was in his shoes and I was working up all the cases and fighting the kids and putting together the treatment plan, talking the parents through the treatment plan, and then never getting to do the work both from a like lack of satisfaction of seeing the case to completion, but also then from a perspective of how am I going to learn and better improve my skills if I don't get to do these bigger cases? Mm -hmm. And then finally, the production that comes with it, you know, I didn't want to be a doc that's like going, oh, no, 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 you, you do these, but I'm going to do all the cases. Like mm -hmm. to me that if I was in the associate shoes, I'd be I'd be okay with that for a little while, I guess. But then if there was no hope of me ever getting to see these cases, I think that would weigh heavy on me going, I'm not sticking around in this practice. Right. Why would I? Because right. I'm not growing in my hand skills. I'm not growing in my uh, production. So anyway, I think just me putting myself in, in the position of an associate. And luckily, my the person I worked for never did that to me. Um, 
And so anyway, where am I going with this? I guess that was the question was, but why are you letting him have cases? Um, and I kind of just was like, well, well, why wouldn't I let him have cases? Cause then he's more likely to leave sooner. Um, anyway, so my question to you is, and maybe it's, maybe you can make it a broader, more applicable, you know, discussion conversation here about, you know, we, we had a series of associates and mm -hmm. how to hire an associate and the pros and cons and when you should. But I guess my question to you now is how do you, how do people navigate because am I being a chump and <laughs> should I be keeping these cases or should I share or should we alternate or just, yeah, I'm turning it over it's to you so now. Complex. How do people do this? So I would say there's not one direct path would be my response. Um, I think what you're doing is what I would call a long, a long game approach, meaning you aren't just focusing on the short term gain you can get out of this associate, meaning giving him all of, like you said, giving him the crumbs and keeping kind of the juicy steak for yourself. Everybody that's listening should know that that's a very short term plan that will end. Somebody will grow tired of that and will move on. So if a practice is set up to rotate associates in and out, and that's just a part of their model, okay, that could work. At the same time, you're not advancing your associate's skills at all. And also, your associate will move on at some point. And if you're okay with that, okay, I think you could easily set it up, you know, to be that way. I think the game that you're playing is the long-term approach because you do know that your current associate has a long-term ambition to stay in your practice. And I think because you know that, you are absolutely wanting to be fair to him. Well, and, and I guess for me, I don't know that. Yeah. He doesn't talk much. I have no idea what he wants. And frankly, I don't know that he knows what he wants. I don't think he knows because he's, you know, he's still figuring life out. Yeah. And so I think it would be highly premature of me to say that, you know, I know I've got him for the next six months because he hasn't told me otherwise. <laughs> but I think that's as far as I know that I've got him for. Yeah. Um, so I'm making no assumptions for where this is going, but I think your desire would be to hopefully yeah. keep him yeah. long yeah. term. I would say that that's true. Um, as long as it's, it's, you know, mutually beneficial, mutually beneficial. Exactly. But I think part of me says, but just as a, as a person and as a practitioner, I was afforded the opportunity to be able to grow as a dentist and, so for me, like to pay that forward, I guess maybe is mm -hmm. where I'm kind of thinking. So even if I was in an office where I had an associate that was hopping along, I guess I just can't really comment to that because I'm not one who likes a lot of change and turnover. So it's hard for me to see it from that viewpoint. Right. But I do think an associate that is receiving the benefits that you're passing along with some IV production days, some sedation in office, things like that, they are going to be more inclined to stay longer term, even if they have the ambition of opening their own practice at some point. If they feel like they've got a good gig, then there's no reason to move on from that until they are ready to officially move on from that. And so I do think even if you don't know his intentions are long term, you are doing everything in your power to make sure you've created an environment where he wants to stay as long as he wants to stay. Right. right. And, I, and I think that, that, that that's right. I guess I just, I was made to feel like I was a chump 
basically. Yeah. Like when this person was asking me and kind of going, well, why would you give the associate cases? And, you know, like, you're a dummy, Cuba, for not. <laughs> and I just, I guess that for me was like, okay, maybe I am being dumb. No, I don't think so at all. I think that there are plenty of systems that are set up to run where the associate receives the crumbs. And in all of those situations, they are, they are short term. So the the benefit of passing along some of the juicy steak to the associate is, first of all, they are naturally happier in that environment. When they are being given good things, their treatment planning, and they're able to carry out the treatment plan that they've planned for that patient, that feels good to them. There's a a fulfilling reward that they experience in that process. And then at the same time, You want your associate showing up feeling like they are respected. They're appreciated, just like you want all of your team members showing up in the same way. Why would we not want that for one of our main producers in the practice, the associate? If we are continually kind of making them feel like a second-class citizen, at some point that feeling is going to start to turn and they're not going to be happy when they show up and walk in the door. And then we have our patients interacting with somebody that's not at their best and that's not what we want. They're an extension of us. And so we want the best extension of us as possible. One of the ways that has historically worked well, yours is uh, what I would call kind of, again, a hybrid approach. So one approach is, you know, hey, I work Monday through Thursday and I want to open my practice up to see patients on Fridays and I want an, an associate to run that. So then that associate runs an extension of the existing practice, the Monday through Thursday practice, they're just allowing that to kind of bleed over into Friday and that associate runs the schedule by themselves on that day. So so then they get to see, like if they mm-hmm. saw a crown and bridge diagnosed it on this Friday, the next Friday that patient would come back. That's correct. Okay. The, the goal now, initially, obviously there's some patient sharing because they haven't built up their own patient base, but over time, what happens is then whoever comes in on Friday is just very simply scheduled for the next Friday when that doctor is back. And so the patients get accustomed to seeing that particular doctor. He or she gets to keep the treatment that they've diagnosed on their schedule. So again, this would be a a perfect um, example. Let's say that Monday through Thursday owning doc says, okay, yeah, I want my Friday doctor to, you know, manage all the emergencies on Fridays and of course check some hygiene, but anything they diagnose, that patient needs to be scheduled Monday through Thursday. Well, that's a crap deal. (laughs) Right. That's not fair at all. And that Friday doctor is not going to last long in that environment because everything that they're essentially producing in a diagnosis form, the practice, they're not able to carry out and therefore they're not benefiting from that treatment. Right. So then back to though, like, but if you look at it from the way the question was positioned to me, mm-hmm. it's like, but as the owning doc, is it not that I am the one whose overhead it is and who's, you know what I mean? And so like, why am I giving away the good stuff to somebody else? Well, I would say how, how valuable using the Monday through Friday example, how valuable is that Friday to you? I mean, if it, if that Friday is going to, first of all, serve your patient base that needs to be able to get in, um, you've got plenty of patients, you've got more than enough patients that really need to be seen, how valuable is that Friday? And I'm not talking about from a production standpoint, although that is a part of it, but how necessary and needed is that Friday spot to you? So my guess 
for a lot of people would be it's the peace of mind to not have to be there every Friday Mm -hmm. and to produce more for the practice and get more bang for your buck out of the overhead you've already got. The other one is for there's a lot of staff that wants that 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. And so it gives you the opportunity to to make sure your team has what they need. Um, And then as an admin day. And we were talking a lot about, you know, just when to do admin things. And I guess that's where I was kind of coming from all of the above. It was like, well, again, just to put myself in their shoes, this is what I would want. So there's my answer. But then also um, it frees me up and it blah, blah, blah. But and then I can get a lot of admin stuff done. So I'm not having to do that. Like I'm not having to do payroll on Sunday night if I have the opportunity to get it done on Friday because the associate's seeing everybody on Friday. Um, so there's enough benefit in it to you to actually extend, to release some of your financial benefit to pay for that essentially. Right. And I guess that's where I was made to feel like a chump. Like I was letting go of the financial so that I could sit there and do paperwork and shouldn't I do payroll on a Sunday night and produce instead. And so I just, I don't know. I just wanted to talk this out with you because I'm kind of like, Oh no, I do not think that's a chump move at all. I think that is a, wise move in a lot of of ways because it is affording you that flexibility that is benefiting you. So first of all, you don't have to be at your practice every single day of the week because you have a good associate that's there. Now, good associate as well because he is allowed to see various types of patients. He is allowed to treatment plan those patients. He's allowed to see that treatment through, especially now with him having some of the IV days. He you are helping him to become even more impactful to the practice so that you can step away. Let's say you wanted to take a two-week trip for, you know, your 45th birthday. You would be able to do that because you've allowed your associate to grow into a very similar extension of you. If you were withholding all of that, now that's a really big challenge for that associate to somehow step up to these two weeks where he has to manage everything in your absence. So it is valuable, not only from a vacation standpoint, but even from an administrative standpoint. I can't tell you how many times I'm sitting with a client who is not necessarily overwhelmed with the dentistry. And they always tell me the dentistry is the easy part. Yes. (laughs) It is the everything else that is all consuming for them. And we are having lots of conversations about work-life balance and how to cut it off. And, well, if I cut it off, when do I have time to get all of this done? Uh, An associate often gives you that ability to go, you know what? Even if it's we're going to work together on Fridays in the morning, but I'm going to take Friday afternoons to do all my administrative work for the week and she's going to continue to work or he's going to continue to work. Great. You've just allowed yourself to be getting four hours of admin time done so that you're stepping into the weekend with very little to do and you can enjoy that and actually relax. Again, we have to keep in mind there's not a plethora of associates out there. There is a value that's placed on each associate that you have in your practice. So if we're willing to just continue to kind of run them off by being unfair to them, there's not always the chance that you're going to get another associate in your practice in a relatively you know short period of time. So if that associate is valuable, if that Friday that you add is valuable, or if you bring an associate in so that you can drop down from five days to four days, you're actually cutting out a day, you have 
earned yourself. You have, I would say, kind of lengthened your career by giving yourself some space to just be away from the practice. Well, and you have coached me through that over the years. And I think I, uh, you know, not wanting to be dependent on. So for me, if I don't have an associate, if he decides in six months he's walking, then at least I know I've done everything that I could have to have retained him. And then I already have my answer. I know exactly what I'm going to do if he's gone and I can't find another associate that I like. And that's the other thing. Like, I've got to like you. I've got to trust you. And the patients have got to trust you. And the team has got to like you. So I feel like that's a really hard combination of things. Um, And so from that viewpoint, it's back to, again, is it just anybody? Like, plug in any? Because I think I could find any associate. Like, I think I could. Maybe you know more about the market than I do, but I feel like I could pretty much nab somebody. There's always people moving into town. We're always getting resumes, but I don't want just somebody. I want the right somebody. Yes. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I do like for now, you know, the, the one associate that stayed for six years, I feel like you stayed that long because you were associating in other practices too, but mm-hmm. you chose to stay in mine longer than the rest, probably because I was so fair to you. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I tell myself. I don't know. Um, and then same for this one. He's he's in three offices right now, mine and two others. So he could choose one of those offices longer term. So maybe I do need to make sure that he's happy. Now, of course, this is where, again, we go back to the comment that was like, well, you're giving him everything and you're suffering because you're giving him everything. And I, I guess I've just not ever felt that way that I was giving him everything. Like, yeah. I feel like it's an equal give and take, I think. I've never sat and talked with him about it, but... Yeah. Well, and again, so let's look at it strictly financial. Let's say, okay, we understand your point in that is that's the way you were treated as an associate. You're extending that same kind of luxury onto somebody else. I think there's a lot of side benefits, meaning you do have the potential to retain your associates longer. That associate becomes a more well-rounded associate, more intelligent, smart, able to handle the the day or the staff. So they're, they're a better extension of you. So I think those are some of the side benefits. But let's just talk about it straight from, the, from a financial standpoint. Now, anytime you bring in an associate, there is going to be a financial cost. You can't bring in an associate and it not cost you something. So either you're sharing a portion of the patient base, which is your situation. Um, and again, it's not that you're not... Uh, bringing in new patients, you have a good flow of new patients, but you're sharing those just with whoever is on that scheduled day. There's not like, hey, I need 60% of the new patients. The associate gets 40%. There's no structure to it. It's just, if this is this doctor's day, that patient goes on the schedule. If he's by, if this doctor's by himself, he gets that patient. If we're in the office, we'll figure it out together on who gets that new patient. So that's it's what I would call a hybrid approach, meaning that doctor is there with you. Not always. You don't always work side by side, but he's there with you a lot of days and y'all just kind of divide things up. I would say, if anything, you err on the side of giving him more because, again, you've always got more administrative administrative things to do than he does. And therefore, even on days that he's working with you, it's not like you're like, oh, no, that's mine. Oh, you can't touch that patient. No, I'm doing that. No, I'm exactly opposite. Yes. There's some that come in that are like, we want to see Dr. Kuba only. I'm like, but I've never met you before. So yeah. why do you want to see me only? See if you can 
get them to see you. Like I want him to have first dibs on whatever he wants because I agree. I think that that's his opportunity to learn and grow. And the more I can get him learned and growed, you know, then I can like step away and not have to be there. It's less mm-hmm. pressure on me. And then, yes, then I can do a number of admin things and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess, so can some, can some owner docs not afford to do that? I guess Correct. that's where you were going with that's this. That's where with I was the, going with, with that. Yeah. So I think financially, your motivation is not a hundred percent financial and it's not that finances aren't a part of it, but your motivation is not, I'm bringing in an associate to make as much money in this practice as possible. And I need to earn more, you know, from this associate. I need to be able to personally earn more because this associate is producing for the practice. So yours is not a financial why behind it. Yours is the freedom that affords, that it's afforded you to be away from the practice for interests that you have, to be there for your family, um, and to be able to do other things besides just practice dentistry. And I think because that is your motivation and that is your why and the practice is successful and it can afford that, that is not a huge financial stressor to you. You know it's a means to an end. My goal is to be able to get this freedom. This associate allows me to do that and I'd rather not even think about the cost of it. As long as my CPA says we're good, I'm good to go. Exactly. And that's because you're achieving your goal. When you've got an associate in there, you are giving yourself the freedom that you need to be able to step away. There are people that bring in an associate for financial gain. I I won't say only, but primarily for financial gain. And when that's the case, this is when this becomes murkier waters, because if I brought this associate in really for one reason, which is to make money, well, now does it make a lot of sense to pass things on that are super productive? So this is what I would say to that. Do you, A, intend to keep this associate long-term? Because if so, even if it's for the next two years, you just love to have that associate in for the next two years and then you'll, you'll move on from there. Well, then you need to be able to treat that associate fairly. And so does that mean they get all this production and all this treatment? No, I'm just saying fairly. Does that mean that every new patient that comes in goes to that associate? Potentially, if the practice owner is not willing to share any of the patient base, which sometimes happens. A practice owner will bring an associate in and their rule of thumb is they need to build up their own side of the practice. So I'm keeping 100% of my patients Every new patient will go to you. You will start earning off the new patient. Well, you can understand from an associate standpoint, that's pretty scary because now I'm 100% dependent. My livelihood is dependent upon new patients. And I have to trust, is the owning doctor marketing the practice? Are they spending money in that? Are they just assuming that I'm going to spend my own personal money to be out marketing? And then what if what if that doesn't yield results? What if when patients call in, the ladies at the front are rude and we can't get any new patient on the schedule? These are all legitimate fears that the smart associate should have. And we shouldn't be offended by those questions or some assurances that that associate needs. Now, if we are going with that approach, it's clear lines, right? The owning doctor keeps 100% of his or her patients. The associate keeps 100% of the new patients, meaning any treatment that comes out of those new patients, that practice, uh, the associate would keep 
essentially that production. Now, does that mean that eventually that's going to start hurting the practice owner? Maybe, but it shouldn't. Because if they're producing for the practice and then earning off of that production, both the practice and the associate should benefit, no matter what kind of treatment they're, they're doing. So that is a financially beneficial way to bring on an associate. There are some that will pull in an associate and like, hey, I just need you to check hygiene and I'm going to be, you know, doing all this treatment over here. Um, so as long as the associate is aware of that and okay correct, with that. Correct. As long as they agree to that and they're satisfied with that, then I think that can be an equitable relationship as well. If somebody really does have a drive to do more, then that's not going to be an equitable relationship for them. So then you've got to figure out when it's kind of muddy like that, you've got to figure out how are we dividing this and dividing this fairly? Are there certain procedures that you're taking? Like you really love the restorative side, you love fillings and crowns, and you want to get as many of those as possible. Okay, well, how do we navigate that you're the examining doctor on those and therefore you keep those? And then I take the bigger, you know, implant and full mouth restorations. Okay, well, how are we navigating that from a consultation or hygiene side of things? So that's a little bit harder. And I feel like there needs to be very clear conversations about what's going to the associate and what's going to the owning doctor. Does that make sense? So I feel like there's a million different models the one that I was just talking about is more financially driven. Like I'm bringing in an associate because I can't take on any more new patients, but new patients still call, still call our office. So I want to continue to grow the practice without it depending upon me. That's a financial drive to bringing on an associate. Um, and then the other one, I've, again, got too many patients. I want to share some with you and we've got to kind of navigate how it's fair. And sometimes that's often just a procedure question. What procedures do you like to do? What do I like to do? Um, or it could be a day. So, hey, on Mondays, I'm going to be the treating doc. You're going to be the hygiene doc. On Tuesdays, we're going to flip-flop it. You'll be the treatment doc and then I'll be the hygiene doc. And then the team would just need to be aware whatever exams went on with the owning doc that the patient is scheduled back with the owning doc and then vice versa with the associate. So what I'm get, getting out of this is you're saying I'm not a chump. Nope. <laughs> at least in this arena. <laughs> not here. Not here. Should I title it that? Am I a chump? That should be the title of this episode. Well, I'm going to give a shout out to my buddy, Dr. Sabor, and we came up with, she just recently started our practice earlier this year, and we were like, I was like, you're a chump, man. Now you're a chump. So we have our hashtag chump life. That's the name of this thing, chump life. We're just, we, we think we're practice owners and we're glorious and glamorous. We are chumps, my friends. <laughs> Oh my goodness. No, I think it's a great topic. I think it's one worth chewing on, no pun intended, but um, I, I do think it's it's important to navigate this topic very carefully. If you're bringing an associate in, it does, in most situations, I would say 95% of the situations, it needs to be pretty fair and well thought out and beneficial to both parties, unless you are just intending to kind of run them through and run them out. And then I guess if that's what you want, go forth, even though it kind of makes me sad. So, <laughs> all right. Thanks for joining the conversation today. We hope that you are comforted in knowing that you are not alone, but we also hope that you're walking away with some really great tips and tricks to try in your practice. 
We value your feedback, so please take a few moments to rate and review the podcast. Finally, we want to make sure that we're covering the topics that matter to you. So track us down on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and let us know what topics you want us to cover. As always, please know that we are rooting for you today as you manage your dental drama.